ladies and gentlemen. There we go. Right. Live and in person. Here we go. Good morning. This is Jonathan Frakes, Will Breaker from Star Trek TNG, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. Good morning! Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for June 9th, 2018, live at Indie PopCon in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hassenflow. And I'm Nick Dorsey. And we are just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. If you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Nothing, nothing in this world compares to going to a convention and meeting new people, understanding something special about the human condition, Chip. It's an exciting time, Steve. It's time for me to dress up. You've done a great job. You've done a great job dressing up. I showed up as a bald guy with a t-shirt, Steve. You are the middle-aged dad. Well, I'm hoping to show off my belly later on. Well, I'm sure you will. That's, that is a thing that you certainly are welcome to do. This is so much fun. I love going to conventions. I've said this on the show so many times. Conventions are the best way for me to get into humanity, to be a part of society, to meet people. Nick Dorsey's here to talk about games. How, you having fun, Nick? I'm having a great time, Steve I, uh, and Chip. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, very exciting atmosphere to talk about what we're going to talk about. Ah, so you, no. guys, you guys He's picked a good teasing. spot. He's teasing the topic. <laughs> we're teasing lots of stuff here at the convention, Steve. Let's start with movies. Film at 11. Brings us to our Film at 11, our movie of the week. Chip, what have you seen since last Tuesday? I don't think I've seen anything, Steve. Not a damn thing. All right. That's exactly what I saw. I love that movie. There was lots of movies that have been out over the last um, month or so that have been great big uh, blockbusters. Yeah. So we got to see a lot of those. And then, you know, we, we got to talk with Kyle yesterday where we got to, to explore the movies from the beginning of the year all the way up to June. So we've got a list of movies that, that we have seen for the first half of 2018. Have you seen it, any movies in 2018 yet, Nick? I, I've not had too many, unfortunately, no. Not one? You don't have one movie in 2018 that you've seen? Um, that's a good question. Not one. I well, have seen one. I don't but remember what it was. You don't remember what it was. Yeah. Very I, memorable tale. Well, based <laughs> on a young well, man, based on our conversation yesterday. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen a movie, the movies that we suggest you to see are Tully. Uh huh. That got uh, really good reviews from uh, Kyle. Kyle was really high on Tully. So those and, of you who haven't seen Tully, put also, that on your list. And also a Quiet Place. Yes, a Quiet and, Place. You know, of course, the the Marvel movies that came out, um, Black Panther. I that was my pick. Was Black Panther. It, it I was. really enjoyed that one. And then, you know, you, you go through the Infinity War and all the other stuff that's yeah. uh, coming out. Infinity so, War didn't hit our list. It did not. It was not on our top uh, six. Well, that's all right. But the, the point being is that there was a lot of great big films to watch. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of sleepers that you may have missed that, that will be coming streaming soon. And the good news is the second half of 2018 will have even more films for Nick not to watch. That, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll look forward to that. <laughs> 
So coming up this week, we've got three movies that are opening this week. The first one is Incredibles 2, the sequel to the 2004 Incredibles. Chris Mao is here, and he is applauding the idea of Incredibles 2. There's, we're high on the idea of the Incredibles, right? Well, well there you go. Uh, 14 years in the making, Steve. Right. And uh, D- Disney goes back to the Pixar pool to, to make the second one. And John Lasseter has been removed as the head of Pixar. He will no longer be the head of Pixar at the end of 2018. That was announced yesterday. Well, the, the greatest Fantastic Four film this uh, is, comes out. This is absolutely the best Fantastic Four movie. The Incredibles is a great family of superheroes movie. Here we're here at PopCon. We see families of superheroes walking down the hall the whole time that we're here. And the family of superheroes learning how to work with each other. So this is probably our pick of the week. If you're going to go to a movie, you want to see a great great big blockbuster, this is probably the one to go see. What else is coming up, Steve? Well, there is a Bollywood picture called Race 3. I I know, most of you don't see all of the movies coming out of India, but my goodness, there's some great filmmaking that's coming out of that country. We are we live in an area where there's a movie theater near us that plays Bollywood pictures all the time. They, exactly. They have a dedicated area because they have a population that wants to see those films. These are really excellent films. Yes, you don't understand the language, but you can still understand the humanity. There's lots of dancing, Steve. And there's lots of dancing and lots of colors. These are these are great films. I look forward to race. Three. The third one that's opening this week, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the third movie opening this week is called Tag. Tag. It's, a, oh. it's a movie about playing... This is the comedy. Tag. This is, one of, this is your dark comedy of the week. This is Jeremy Renner and Ed Helms being silly playing Tag in a movie. All right, so the, the, the premise of this is that we have uh, four friends mm-hmm. who, four. Play, who play the ultimate game of Tag. Yes. And so the idea is there's one gentleman who has never been tagged. <laughs> And the other three trade these tags through it. And they they travel across the country to tag each other in this long-running game of tag. So through weddings, through funerals, every inappropriate place, (laughs) births. So anyway, there there should be a lot of fun uh, with this. Of course there is. This is Ed Helms. The actual Ed Helms, not the Ed Helms of the Northwest suburbs. Okay. This is actual Ed Helms. You remember that when I was in the Chicago Tribune? Steve, the, Steve was in the Chicago Tribune, the, and they covered him as Ed Helms. The Ed Helms of the Northwest Suburbs. That, that was my moniker in the Tribune article. Two-page article about my basement, and that's all I got out of it was, yeah, he's really goofy. <laughs> it's a good lineup. I think that we're going to see some interesting things coming up with movies this week. But we have Nick Dorsey here, so we need to talk about some things. Scroll with it. Brings us to our scroll with it. Nick is here because he is our game master. He's a tabletop game master, Steve. Tabletop master. gaming and board game enthusiast, and he was in charge of a game night that we had last night. Yes. We were playing a game called The Werewolf of Miller's Hollow. Tell us all about that, Nick. Happy to do so. Uh, so, The Werewolf of Miller's Hollow. Uh, is very much just werewolf. That is a very specific version of doing it. Adds a little uh, setting to it to help get into the mood, add some specific characters. Uh, so werewolf, based off the uh, original game of Mafia, has a very, 
very similar game mechanic, but essentially reskinned. Uh, so last night we were able to get together uh, with Chip and Steve. Uh, I'm going to refer to Chip as Vin Diesel. So when you said you showed up, Vin Diesel. That's why I showed up. It's all about yeah. family. It's all about family. I just want to let you know. So that. he showed up as Vin Diesel today. Uh, so we were able to sit down and uh, get a group together and play this game last night. And let me tell you. You guys were great. That was a that was a good time. We it had was a, great a great time. time. All right, so this is a party game, and yeah. let me, let's just start off with our with my first question: What is the appeal of a party game? Yeah, so there is uh, kind of a distinction in party games that uh, allow a little bit of a, a larger game allowance, larger limits, so more people can be involved. First off, mm -hmm. uh, but the it helps focus a larger group of people on on one thing. You know, you've been at a party. There's a lot of side conversations. Sure. This allows everyone to be centralized, focused on a, a similar mission, and engage everyone together. So uh, the beauty of party games is. Uh, Generally, the game mechanic is not too advanced. It's easy sure. to pick up. Anyone can jump in, be involved, uh, and there, there's a lot of short-term reward, too. So mm -hmm. uh, although there's some strategy uh, in this particular game, it, it is very focused on working together uh, while simultaneously working against each other. You got that interaction that we're looking for. Yeah, and, and so there's some deception. Uh, there's sometimes of being truthful. So uh, you really get to learn a lot about the people you're playing with, which uh, helps in terms of being a more interactive party game, you leave knowing the people you just spent time with. So our game basically had about uh, 10, 12 people playing this, and uh, it works best maybe with an odd number. And so we, yeah. we, we had uh, Nick here. He played, he played the, the game host, which was pretty awesome. So tell us how this particular game works. How do we play Werewolf? What are the steps? What does it look like? So... In Werewolf, uh, the general game is a two-phase game. You have a day phase and a night phase. In the game, there are two general groups of people as well. Nice little theme of two. Uh, you have the werewolves that will work together, and only werewolves will know who each other are. And you'll have the townspeople, or as we called them last night often, the, the village people. The village people. The village people. Uh, dun, 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 the beauty, too, is you dun, can dun, give this dun, 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 dun. any creative name you'd like to. And, and the uh, werewolves' goal is obviously to take out all the villagers. Right. Yes. So the, the theme here is... For on a date, right? Yeah, take them on out a on a date. For the kids. The kids are here now. We have to... Yes, the, <laughs> werewolves, the werewolves are very nice to the villagers. Yeah. <laughs> all about pizza parties. I know. Molly, Molly knows everything. I know. I'm glad we have some fans here, yeah. <laughs> so in the game, uh, the, the townspeople are trying to save their town and save their, their fellow townspeople by identifying who the werewolves are as quickly as possible. And the werewolves are working together to eliminate the entire town and uh, self-preservation. Okay. So. It was very nice. And it goes by rounds, right? There's a, there's a round. There's a night and a day. So it, explain this. I'm new to this concept of gaming. I, explain to me the night and the day and how this all works. Okay, so the, uh, the point of the game is, uh, again, to essentially stay alive. Uh, and so each round is used to remove players from the game. So during the night phase, the werewolves select a player to be removed. During the day phase, the townspeople will select killed, someone killed. to be removed. And during the night, the townspeople have their eyes closed so they can't see what's happening. The game master is asking for the werewolves to identify themselves. Correct. And that's how you know how this is working. And the, and the, the two werewolves... That we had for our game, because our game had this type of group. They were able to communicate with each other, and as uh, Nick stated, 
they were to choose one of the villagers, or who they thought were the villagers, uh, to remove from the game. And uh, then there was a, another player that we had. What, we had a, a, a seeker? We, so we had uh, some fortune people, teller. a fortune teller, a seer is another common name for it. They have the ability also during the night phase to check a player's identity. Okay. And the moderator will let them know whether that person is uh, a werewolf or a townsperson. Okay. So they have this unique ability to have insight into the game. But since the game is played just this open platform, mm -hmm they still have to protect their identity because they're a crucial part of the game. And yes. if they identify who they are too early, the wolves can take them out, putting the townspeople at a disadvantage. Okay. I don't know that we're doing a real service to describing this game this way. You yeah. really have to play this game, and it's a very inexpensive game to play, right? Yes, so uh, when we had talked before, I was really excited to talk about this game because uh, Previously on the show, we had mentioned there were two barriers to gaming, cost uh, and your, your player group. Sure. And this is a game that is very low cost. You can uh, you could get it for 8 to $10. On uh, our Amazon store, amazon.toomuchscrolling.com. I see what you did there, Steve. <laughs> You can you can make the game yourself. You can print it off. You you can. I know people have used Magic the Gathering cards. So sure. you can find ways to make this extremely inexpensive. You can make oh. them yourself. Good. All point. right. So the day ends. I'm sorry. The night nighttime ends, and we wake up. This is the idea. Is now the villagers wake yes. up, and at that point, as the, the game master. What, what do you tell the, uh, the, the, the other villagers, the village people? This is where you shined, my friend. This is where the narrator was really just the theatrical, wonderful That's person right. who was putting together this story. Our thespian was able to have some fun. <laughs> village awaken. <laughs> you have awoke today to find all of your fellow townspeople slain in the town pub. Fifteen strong, a bloodbath. Wow. <laughs> and now our mead and, and wine is in danger. <laughs> and we were having so much fun. We were, we were talking about death and destruction and beer <laughs> destruction. He, he put beer destruction. The brewery was destroyed My and we God, were devastated. Man. I know it gets people going sometimes. Yeah, so. It really does. Yeah. The, the death we could, we could deal with, but without the beer to help <laughs> us. Right. <laughs> it was so much fun. So at that point, as the village people, yep. we are to expose... Who we think are the two, or for our argument, we had two werewolves. We were to expose the werewolves. Correct. So what you do is you you basically looking for body language. It's right? a town hall, and so this sure. is this is the beauty of the game. And if you're a first time player uh, in a group with some first time players, the first few rounds uh, they can be a little slow. But this is where you start to learn the ticks, and you're looking for body language. And this is what the game was created on. It it was it, it's a psychological game. And, it's a game and of poker in a way. Essentially, yeah. And so you are learning uh, when people are telling the truth, when they're lying, uh, when they're having fun, just to have fun. And so you're looking for all these signs. Shifty are they, eyes. Are they tapping on their leg? Are they talking more? Uh, mm -hmm. Are they being more accusatory? So you're, you're trying to read are they people. Gregarious. Gregarious. I, there were some gregarious <laughs> people at the party. <laughs> the gregarious people were absolutely not victorious in their gregariousness. <laughs> I'm not going to point out the gregarious people right now, but I didn't win. <laughs> So none of our rounds of the game last night resulted in a win for the werewolves. Not one time did the werewolves we, win. We yeah. were able to expose them. I mean, not always easily. The first round was very easy. We got it right away the first round. But, but, yeah. that, was, but that first move yeah. of the villagers, the village people, is almost a guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, very much so. You're just looking to take someone out. And it just happened to be that we got a werewolf yeah. that time. Yeah, it was lucky. It was pretty but, lucky. But um, as the games progress, people, like I say, had their poker face. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're much better at hiding their, their true feelings. Is there a not, way? not that I have any feelings anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gregarious, so I don't know what you're talking about. Is there any way for the Wolves to win? What is the strategy for the Wolves to win, you think? Yeah, uh, so I, I personally find being uh, the Wolf tends to add a nice element. So if you play the game and, and you don't get that... Um, I feel sorry. So it's, it is something you, that... You it, like the death part of it. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's the most deceptive character to be in the game. Uh, last night we had a, a lot of, of first-timers, so yeah. I, it was a little tough. And again, we were all new to each other, so the first few games we had no clue who was telling the truth, who wasn't. Now, I knew that JD was going to lie. My, my <laughs> college roommate, who I've known He's for 25 years... He's a liar, Steve. We, had, should, we should expose him right he now. He has created such wonderful Man work of deception. at school for his debate and his uh, mock trial teams at school that he's a really good liar. And so I knew what he was going to do. And when the two of us were wolves, I was like, yes, we are going to beat the heck out of the villagers because I know what he's going to say. And I'm pretty sure he knows that I'm gregarious. And so, well, that's right. And, and something we should mention is that you were not – you got you and JD were roommates in, in college. Yes. Okay. You were not the only roommates in college. There, there were – all right, so Nick – and, and his girlfriend were there. Mm -hmm. And also we had another pair of roommates from college there. So we had a group of people that had connections who could have ex could have used those connections and, and knowledge of each other. parents and children pairs as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So th that pairing, going back to your twos for this game, that pairing certainly came into play. Exactly. They kind of know each other. <laughs> ah. so, so, so did we determine how a werewolf could win this game? So... No, we did not quite get there. So the, the best way, it, it's really a, a large strategy on both of them. And you guys mentioned JD. He played brilliantly last night. Yes. And there was a point when you guys were partners mm -hmm. that uh, people started to suspect Steve. That's right. And JD. Because he was gregarious. Played it very brilliantly. And, and this is a, a great strategy to play as a wolf. He entertained it for an idea. Uh -huh. it, had he immediately defended Steve, they would have been outed much quicker. But uh -huh. he was like, you know. You are doing this. Yeah. You, you might be someone to consider. Mm -hmm. And then he was able to redirect the entire thing onto someone else. That's right. Very beautifully as to save his partner in the game. So, so he is, he's manipulative suddenly. too. Yes, so JD's is. not just a liar. He's manipulative too. We should go ahead and point that out. <laughs> and then suddenly <laughs> yes. the whole village turned on me. Yeah. That's right. Like on, on a dime. Like I was sure that his strategy was working, that he was getting me out of hot water as he has so many times in the past but then suddenly the village went aha the fat guy <laughs> <laughs> one of the fat guys <laughs> yeah that happened so quickly it so was amazing quickly. this was a fascinating study of group polarization a term i've just learned from my new psychology friend group polarization where i was sure i was out of the woods it's a werewolf joke. And then suddenly... <laughs> that's a theater. Uh, that's a Broadway theater uh, the, joke, too. So the there you whole go. village turns and points at me and stares accusingly. You are the witch. That was a moment, man. Yeah. Oh, the werewolf. All right, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about... All right, so it's, it's um, once the, the, uh, the night that you, you've awakened, the village people at that point can now start communicating. What strategies can they use... 
uh, and you know the questioning and stuff the, to sort of expose who they think the werewolves are. So there's uh, this is the the tough part because as the townspeople or the village people, sure, uh, you generally do not know the identity of anyone else. So the werewolves know each other, and so they know that outside of them, everyone else is vulnerable in the game. Sure, and they're they're working towards uh, you know taking certain people out. Sure, but the village people have no clue. <laughs> have no clue. So you have to establish some sort of uh, conversation, some dialogue. Sure. And like you said, the first round, you just got to start picking people. You you know, let, let's work through somebody. it and let's right. see how people react. And so that tends to be the, fir- the best way to do it, a little, uh, a little poke and prod mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of see what works okay. and, and start building off that. Uh, again, it's very tough, although the first game, we identified it very quickly and moved on. It was which amazing. It was magic. It was a nice stroke of luck. Yeah. Uh, normally, it takes a little bit for... Uh, you to understand how to work together. So some of those strategies include, as we saw uh, the fortune teller last night, using their the position to say, hey, I identified these people. I know their characters. That was quite I'm a laying moment. it on the table. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, quite that a was an interesting move. When he said, laying I it on am. The table. That's right. I, I will say these, are, these two are not. I am going to reveal my secret identity because it's all supposed to be secret. And then right. suddenly this guy says, yeah, here's how it's going to go. And we went, wow. wow. Yeah. Well, he was a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. <laughs> well, and as you mentioned, Steve, you're like, I don't believe you, and that's the beauty of the game. Or I, could he be the wolf in sheep's clothing? You right. never know. You right. Can, you can receive any character designation and say you are whoever. You, you know, you, I can say, hey, guys, I'm you the You can wolf. be whatever you want to be. Yeah. I just want to let you know century. That. <laughs> It's the 21st century. It could be whatever you want to be. It's a very forward-thinking be game. Go for it. Yeah. We're very accepting. We're very accepting. <laughs> be who you are. Yeah, oh, absolutely. This was so much fun, Nick. Thank you so much for being our host oh, for this. Absolutely. And and we had such a great time last night. We had such a great fun group. We had a, a beautiful facility to be able to use this in. You got Moe's for food. We were eating tacos. Oh, goodness, That was yeah. a bad move, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. We, we, it, cre- it, cre- it created later. And then we watched the basketball game. And then we conversed. There even was basketball. There was basketball in the evening. involved. That's a sport. That's the one where they bounce the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, the one thing we didn't touch on uh, that I want to make sure if we have some listeners that would like to get into this game. Sure. It is very crucial to spend some time, and it, it does help to have an experienced player be the, the game host, the moderator. Sure. Uh, more than uh, the gameplay itself, the moderating is a very crucial part to this game because they set the stage. They help keep the engagement. Sometimes these groups, as we saw, were 8 to 12 people. Mm-hmm. These games can get 15 to 20-some people, and uh, it, it gets fun, and people start to get into it. So someone to help keep them on track to revive the debate and the dialogue and to help drive that is very crucial. Uh, and like anything else, you know, we talked about D&D. Sure. It's, it's maybe not quite that deep, but getting in that mindset and letting your imagination take you over and putting yourself there really helps this experience and make it so much more fun. Well, and, and with having the, um, the host basically take over the game and sort of develop the, um, the atmosphere of it, the game doesn't take very long to learn. Correct. But, but the mastery of this game, this is not the first day you're playing is probably not the mastery. Right. It's, it's having a history of playing with a group of people for a long time and where you can really get the level. deception yeah. going on. And that is where you get brilliant games that last way too long, uh, but that's where groups of wolves 
are brilliant. Groups of townspeople start to figure it out, mm -hmm. and the, the game mechanic just gets so much deeper, and that's what's brilliant. Okay. Uh, when you talk about replay value, you learn so much more in depth, and it's just the game gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and finally, the thing I'm going to leave with, um, with this is that humans just, they just crave connection to other humans. That's why we're here and, at the con. And whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, whether you, you know, that wallflower that just, doesn't, just wants to observe, yeah. this draws you in in a, in, a, in a way that you could be comfortable. That's right. And it uh, makes, makes you happy. I mean, th there's, yeah. there's a joy of reliving this experience. And, you know, it's, you can play for an hour. You can play for more. It, it really is, it, this is. This is exactly what you're looking for in a positive environment. Absolutely. Fantastic. And we, we saw last night cross-generational, whatever it was, it didn't matter. We were all able to enjoy this. That's Nick, right. you missed the corner where two, I'll, I'll just say Steve and um, one of the young ladies there, we're quoting Hamlet. Yeah. There's not a day where I don't quote Hamlet. So <laughs> no, no, no. Just not, for not a single day. quote, Steve. You guys went on. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands Oh, good lord. Wow. Few, oh. Get a room! <laughs> That's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means you still get today Welcome to quote Welcome to PopCon. Everything's popular. <laughs> All right. Except me. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank Excellent. you, guys. Thank you so much for everything. It's been great. I also just want to say to Steve so I can take his ammo away, Isle of Dogs. That is the movie I saw in 2018. Isle of Dogs. Oh, oh, it took me a moment. Dogs. I remembered. So. Okay, very good. Thank West you. Anderson. Did you like it? Did Thank you like you. Isle of Dogs? I liked it, yeah. All right, that's I'm a, I'm a movie review for guy, Isle of so. Dogs. Now, Thank if you, you look <laughs> in our, our show notes, you'll be able to find a, uh, a link to be able to get this game. This yep. game's very simple. It's summertime. Use it at the back uh, in your, your, your patio. Yep. Use it with your friends. It's for young people and old people. I'm sorry, more mature. Old people. Uh, really old people, <laughs> Old people like us. Got exactly. it. Thanks for and that. And for balding people, too, Steve. Fat, bald, old people. That's my the joy. The video game. That's right. <laughs> when <laughs> it starts happening to me, uh, I'll let you know. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Nick. Hey, thank you, guys. All right. Loved it. Excellent. Beautiful. Book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it. Brings us to our book it, our book of the week, and here we are at Indie PopCon, where the popular people are, and we said, well, who could we possibly see here? Jessica Eyes is here with her book, Renee. She's, she's selling her book across the hall at the exhibit hall. We, we've talked to you a couple of times about this book. I really, really like this book, and you're here selling copies of it. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much. Great seeing you. It's so good to see both of you, too, and I'm uh, quite flattered you invited me back up here. We were so excited to see you yesterday when we saw you in the exhibit hall. It was, it was really, really <laughs> nice. Thank you. You know, uh, yesterday you gave me some words of praise about my book, and I, uh, I took those home with me. I'm like, mm, somebody liked my book. <laughs> well, we really enjoyed your book. In fact, we, um, we met Jessica at the Comic-Con here in Indianapolis, and we took her book home. And what we did is we, every once in a while we have a homework assignment. So if you yes. listen to too much scrolling, um, you can join us in a book that we'll, we'll have a build-up for and then um, you can send us emails 
or you can leave a, a voicemail of questions to an ask the author or that you would like us to try to answer. And so Jessica was so kind to be able to come in and discuss her book. And um, it She's was back awesome. again to discuss it some more. <laughs> we got to sell some copies, man. Well, the good news is that all of our executive producers on Patreon got a free copy. So Laura and JD, you have a copy of this book. You need to read this book. This is, she started. Good job, Laura. Yeah. You, got, you need to read this book. This is a really good book. So tell us, uh, give us the elevator pitch on Renee one more time. Renee is about a woman uh, whose name is Renee, and she lives here in Indiana. She just moved here, and she's out for a run. She's jogging along the trail, and she thinks that maybe her something's wrong with her contacts because the trees are starting to get fuzzy. She gets hot, and then she passes out. And fast forward 1,000 years into the future, and you're in a science lab. A group of scientists are conducting an experiment and they are thinking that they're going to be looking through a time window looking into the past but suddenly this body appears it's and it's Renee and, and, it, and yeah. she is a mangled a mangled bloody, bloody charred pulp of pulp. a woman yes and they have the science a thousand years in the future to have some medical things happen where she's okay but now she's stuck in the year 3000. So, so almost there's a time travel element to this. Yes. Going to the future. Yes. And then there's, um, you know, sort of a sci-fi part that we want to play with too a little bit. Because these are scientists. The group of people who are running this time window experiment are a group of scientists. And they live in a society that is very different from our society. And Renee is a fish out of water, just like she was in Indiana. She's now a fish out of water a thousand years in the future maybe in the same place. Well, let's mm. talk a little bit about mm. Let's talk a little bit about what are the themes that we wanted to take from the the narrative, the, the book that we're, we're we're talking about. I think that your biggest themes are loneliness and helplessness. Renee is lonely. She's searching for something. And when she's pulled through time, she's searching for the same thing just in a different situation and she feels so helpless. So sometimes I think when we read books, we read these heroes that are unrealistic, that they respond to situations and duress in a way that's just not human. And so when I was writing this book and I was trying to envision what would it be like if you were really 1,000 years into the future, everything you knew was gone, everyone you knew was dead. And you're looking back and you're thinking, all my friends and family I just disappeared to them. How did they live out their life? Mm -hmm. And now I'm here. And I wanted to have an actual human response to that, like a real human response, which is lonely, helpless, uh, you know, in despair and grief. Sure. But then I wanted to also show partly the resilience and the adaptability of us as humans, how sure. resilient and adaptive we can be. Because there's a great message in there, not about science fiction, not about time travel, but about us, about humans, about finding yourself, finding your community. Here we are at Indie PopCon, finding our community and being a part of a community that you were a foreigner to moments before. And there's a sort of an element of the misfit to this all, which I think is an important Welcome thing. Welcome to Indie PopCon. Here, here in Indie PopCon, there, there are people who feel mis. They misfit? They, they, they don't feel part of society? I don't understand that, Steve. Uh, you're an outsider, Chip. Don't worry about it. We'll explain to you over the course of the weekend. So uh, Renee 
felt, even when she was in her time, you know, now in 2018, she felt a little bit like a misfit. She didn't always fit into, mm-hmm. you know, the groups that she was a part of. And then when she is pulled into the future, she's definitely a misfit. But the interesting thing is that the group of scientists who receive her, they're also a little bit the misfits of their society because they work in an experimental unit, which is kind of an ostracized, sort of pushed into the corner type you know, scientific endeavor for the future. And so what you have is like these kind of misfits colliding. Sure. And it's sort of this theme that as long as humans exist, there are going to be people who feel like they don't belong. Right? So and how, how can you find a way to create a community? So one of the things that you, you talked about on our, in our interview is you wanted to have a future where not everything is good and not everything is bad, but there were some of those elements that were part of that. Right. So, so talk about that. Yeah, sometimes, so the, my book is a bit dystopian future, but something that bothers me a little bit about dystopian futures that some people create is that they're 100% pure evil. But that's not, so it's just not realistic, and that's not what's going to happen. I mean, nothing is ever going to be 100% pure evil. It's always nuanced. And so when I created this dystopian future, yes, there's a lot of things wrong with it, but there are also some things that they do well, and they've eradicated some of the problems that we find in our society today. So a lot of, uh, you know, cronyism, you know, giving people favors, like, hey, I'll do this for you, it's who you know, all this stuff, mm-hmm. that's been completely wiped out. Everything is merit-based in the future, and it's even down to how they do a genetic assessment when you're born to see what your innate talents are, and you're funneled into whatever your genetic, like, trade assessment you're revealed. You're told what to do, Steve, that's not good. <laughs> well, so that's where the nuances come in, right? So when is it too much? Like, sure. when are you dictating too much what people do? Excellent. So sometimes we need a little motivation to avoid the trap of stagnation. We all sometimes have those days where we're stuck in a rut, where we have to go on an adventure, like going to a convention, like playing a game, having a game night. So in Renee, is is she better off for having gone through her adventure? I don't know. That's a tricky question, and that gets into something that's that's sort of kind of a pet peeve of mine is when people look at their lives and they say, oh, I'm grateful for the suffering that I went through because it made me who I am. I disagree. I think that you are who you are despite the suffering that you went through. So I think that you had to fight through that suffering to remain who you were and who you are. And so whenever I say, is is anyone better for having gone through something hard? I don't think anyone should ever have to go through pain and struggle and torture. I think they are who they are despite that. And so I can't really answer that question. How about the scientists? Are the scientists better off for having met Renee? Yes. So that I would say yes, because they needed to be woken up. They woke. They woke. Going through an adventure, (laughs) having an adventure, living through a werewolf attack in your village will certainly change your day. And, And having these communications and these communities of people where we get together and have these conversations is is my way of getting through life i thank you for coming in thank you for writing this book i really enjoyed it's this. my in, pleasure in fact how can our our listeners find out more about your work because this is not your only work and also about this book so uh you can check out my website which is jessicaeyes.com and that's jessica dot com. and then renee is also on amazon it's on goodreads kindle 
Um, and I also brought a free copy to give away to somebody. What? Yes. <laughs> so somebody in the audience is going to walk away with a copy of, of Renee because they really need to read this book. So... And, and you have more copies at your booth I do in the exhibit hall across yeah. the hall. So make sure you're, and you're selling them at a discount? I am selling them at a discount wow. here. So it's $8. You can't lose. And once again, if you go, if you're listening to us, you can go right to Amazon through the Kindle and you can buy it. We, we ended up reading, we enjoyed this book. And we look forward to um, maybe some other opportunities to explore this character. Like a, like a sequel? Well, the sequel's coming out in the fall, and it's called <laughs> Continent 7. <laughs> Excellent. Foreshadowing right I look there. forward to that one. Thank you, Jessica, so much. You can go to our Amazon store and go to renee.toomuchscrolling.com to go directly to your book to buy a copy from Amazon. Thank you so much, Jessica. My pleasure. This has been wonderful, Chip. This has been awesome. I, I, I love coming here. I love to coming to all conventions. I look forward to all of our future conventions and all the things that we get to talk about as a result. Well, the citizens of Indianapolis and the people who put on this uh, convention, Indy PopCon, they've done a fantastic job. Yes. And they're, all the people who are here enjoying themselves. Once yes. again, this, this is what makes, uh, makes the summer special, Steve. That's right. We want to thank all of our guests today. Kyle Hickman, our movie expert. Nick Dorsey, our games expert. Jessica Eyes who has this wonderful book that you really need to read. We, we had some great conversations with some strangers yesterday. We look forward to having more conversations with them. All of our friends who are here, Monica and Laura and JD and Chris and uh, everybody else whose name... Rob is sitting there. Rob's sleeping. Hi, Rob. Our, our intern, and Martha's Steve. there. And... I, this is like romper room, except for I don't know anybody's name because I didn't prepare. I only prepared certain words, you see. Our special thanks to our intern Haley, who's been taking pictures and carrying all of our equipment. Uh, sorry about your back. <laughs> <laughs> this has been wonderful. We we love it so much, and and I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you only think, if we can come back next week, Steve. Let's come back. Yes. Are we doing this again next week? We should do, the, the, the guy running the board says yes. We're coming back next week for another convention. We'll make it up. We'll make it up as we go. This has been so much fun. If you need more information, give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is TooMuchScrolling.com. Our email is TooMuchScrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. And every day of the week, you can go to our news site, news.TooMuchScrolling.com. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. And I'm the furry Chip Hassenflow. We'll see you in the future. <laughs>